We talk a whole lot about being nomadic, what it means to travel from one place to another spiritually. We talk about deconstruction, reconstruction, and trying to find common ground. But this week, we're taking that to a whole new level. This episode was recorded outside of the studio and on the trail, literally. We take the show on the road and just get deep into what it means to love people where they're at, to respect people's doubts, and to try and understand each other on a true and authentic level. We have an ability to respond out of anger or out of love to those who don't understand our current doubts, our current situations, our current beliefs around God. This week we're talking all things deconstruction and even about Jesus' deconstruction. Let's get right to it. We are for the spiritual nomads, the outcasts, and the ones who desire to ask the hard questions. A shelter in the desert, a safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes, and our dreams. We are pursuing the truth, and we don't care about downsides. We invite you to come and sit at our table and be a part of our tribe. We are brave. We are bold. We are the Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, welcome to The Reckless Pursuit. My name is Elaine. And my name is Cody. And you're listening to episode 106. Yes, this episode is technically our two-year anniversary. So we've passed 100, now we've passed two years, and we can't thank you guys enough for being along on the ride with us. This episode is special, and what do I mean by special? I mean that it's filmed off location, outside of our studio, This is a conversation Elaine and I actually had while we were hiking not too long ago, just a a couple weeks ago, actually. Mm -hmm. And we clicked on our phones and started to record because we enjoyed the conversation we were having. We talked about uh, some interesting stuff like Jesus's deconstruction. Elaine was dropping some truth bombs about deconstruction and not wanting to live in a rotting house. Uh, There was even some stuff in there about being on the same wavelength as other people and how... Uh, being of the same mind and being of the same spirit on the same thing. It just it's, it's a really interesting episode. So you're going to hear us gasping for air a little bit more than normal. You're going to hear us crunching through the leaves and a lot of water and Doppler eating random plants. So basically, it's going to be an ASMR audio. It's not right? that bad. I, I feel like I did a pretty good job of reducing a lot of those sounds. Which but I was going to say, honestly, I feel like we should do more of these types of episodes. Yeah, it was a really fun episode. I feel like it's more off, like as... Not that our episodes aren't authentic by any means, but like it's even more authentic because you're just walking and talking in nature and like connected with creation. So, guys, we would love to hear what you uh, feel about this episode. So feel free to reach out to us. Go over there. Ask to be a part of Nomads, a safe community for Christians to ask unsafe questions. You can get a link to that in the show notes. And we would honestly and sincerely love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So let's strike up a conversation. And we're about to get right into this, but real quick, we have a brand new hot off the press review that we would like to read you real quick. So Elaine, go ahead. So this one is from Jay Turney, and the title is I'm Along for the Ride. I found the Reckless Pursuit podcast like I have found most of the others I listen to. I heard Cody and Elaine interview on another podcast that I listened to. I love their openness, their honesty, and the overall joy that they speak from. I love the topics. They are engaging and ask us to come along for the ride. I cannot suggest their podcast more. Jay, thank you so much for 
taking the time to leave that review, guys. If you want to hear your review read on air, and if you want to help out listeners passing by, be sure to go over there, wherever you're listening, and leave an honest review. That helps everyone coming by to know what the show is all about, and we delight in reading what you guys have to say. All right, so let's get to this crunchy audio about us walking through the woods and talking about deconstruction, what it's like being at this for two years, and uh, Jesus's deconstruction, a lot of other stuff. This episode's just jam-packed full of goodness. So, where were we? Okay, so we were talking about deconstruction and asking questions and why is it scary. Yeah, and so, like, what was it what you just said? Let's just kind of start with that again. How a lot of people are afraid to look within or a lot of people are afraid to see the problem so they cover it up. I had said that I would not want to live in a rotting house or if there was a hole in my floor, I wouldn't just cover it up with a rug. I would go fix it. I would go see what's wrong. I would see what caused it and then build back up from there. And I love that because like if you have a faith that's so weak that you can't ask a question or you can't poke and prod at it, then most likely, like, that's kind of the epitome to me of, like, a castle building your house upon the sand, right? Well, that's scripture. Like, Isn't there it's just, scripture it's for weak. that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the whole, like, build your house on a rock, build your house on the sand. Like, sometimes faith, you have to be able to tear it down and build it back up. If you have a house built on the sand... Every time any little wave, we can call those waves doubts, uh, we can call them fears, we can call them contradictions. Struggle. Or, yeah, then it washes away at the core of what your faith is, right? Like it washes away your foundation, you're left with nothing. And, or even more so, you can say it erodes. It slowly erodes away until... You're constantly patching it, I guess is the way to say it. Like you're constantly having to rebuild, 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 put patches, fix this area, fix that area. And I think a lot of times we use that scripture of like, oh, if you have any kind of little thing, like, and it comes and knocks away at your faith, you're, you know, you're at the, you're built on a, on sand or whatever, your faith's got to be unshakable like a rock. But I think what it's actually saying to me, at least, is that when those things come, if you can't be comfortable in knowing that when the waves hit, you know, you're safe. And you're okay with that. You're okay with those doubts, those questions. You're not like, you get what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. sooner well, or later, things erode. Well, that don't eat that sock. And you can also use that for like love, having a patchwork heart. And just because there has been hurt or just because there has been healing done are things that we need to overcome emotionally. That doesn't mean we stop loving. That doesn't mean we stop loving ourselves or other people or loving God. So let me ask you this, Elaine. Our friend just texted us and asked us, what does it mean? Because like this whole thing we're going into now that we're in the 100s is that we uh, are going to try to be way more, not just intentional, but try to give uh, answers. Mm -hmm. So not just be solution or not just like to have solutions to things. Yeah. And solutions a loaded word. Yeah. Because when you're dealing with faith, deconstruction, reconstruction, all that, solutions look different depending on who you are. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times we can kind of get caught up in the idea of like, we need to find an answer, but there's just not a lot of answers. Mm -hmm. But in the same sense, 
how do we be more solution focused in something that is so hard to be solution focused? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what does that look like as we move forward? How can we do those things? Mm-hmm. Well, for one, obviously, it needs to be less about like talking about a problem. Uh-huh. And like you said, finding something that we can take and run with. How can we do this better? And again, like you said, that looks different for every person. And I feel like just allowing people to share their personal solutions to the problem. Allowing people to share their heart without judgment, without criticism. Because everyone has a different life. Everyone has a different spiritual journey, different challenges and struggles that they face. And so that solution is going to look different to everyone. But at the same time, just allowing people the freedom to have their own solution and not being afraid of trying different solutions. Right. A big thing for me in all of this is trying to be aware. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the solution, and we discussed this a little bit earlier, but like just trying to be uh, more understanding of people's beliefs that are different than me that maybe you're aware I once was, or maybe it's a perspective I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. Or haven't been to yet. Yeah. And I feel like that is a big problem with people who go through deconstruction is not people not having that understanding with them. Yeah. It can be lonely. And so what happens is we get super set in our ways because we're always on the defense. That's why so many people going through doubt or deconstruction or whatever form that's taking have to uh feel like they need to hide it they feel like they have to keep it to themselves because as soon as it comes out in the open everyone starts questioning them yeah some people because of religion others because of genuine compassion because it goes against what they've always been taught or their personal beliefs and they're scared the natural reaction to that is to go on the defensive and i just want like to help people understand that the defensive isn't a good place to live. Yeah. Because that's, that is lack of vulnerability. Yeah. And in essence, like love is vulnerability. And I, I know there's boundaries to that, but always got to throw that disclaimer in there. Like healthy boundaries are healthy and <laughs> all that. But I just think that uh, it's easy to kind of go on that defensive rant where you are no longer willing to meet anyone where they're at Mm -hmm. in essence that just creates deconstruction or anti-deconstruction and re ends up just becoming this dividing barrier where we divide off and we've got to be the ones who you know are going through this journey sadly the responsibility falls on us to be uh, mature enough and to be able to have these conversations with other people and love them right where they're at, despite where we're at, not belittle them or anything like that. Because when it comes time for them to have their doubts or their questions, you want to be able to make sure they understand that it's a safe thing and not to be turned away from it and push them further into the things that you came out of. Well, and if you can't be comfortable with other people, how can you expect other people to be comfortable with you? If you're not a safe place for somebody else, how can somebody be a safe place for you? Right. And... Again, just understanding that things look different for different people and everyone has a reason as to why something works or doesn't work. Right. But I feel like 
it all comes down to, is it rooted in love? And if it's not, maybe we need to reevaluate what that looks like. Right. I think it's a hard thing because you want to be solution focused. You don't want to always just talk about problems, right? Mm-hmm. Like the goal isn't to church bash or to people bash or anything like that. But it's a frustrating life to live whenever so many times it feels so lonely. Yeah. It's such a desolate place. It's such a dark place a lot of times. It's a cold place. I mean, that's kind of the whole principle of nomads. You know, the whole idea behind the word nomad is like Being in your the home. trench or... Right, like it's the desert. It's, it's scorching during the day and freezing at night. It's hard. It's dry. It's barren. But at the same time, like you feel like you have no roots. You have no home because you're always on the move. You know, you haven't found that place, that spiritual well. Or if you have, like you're scared to put down roots a lot of times. It can be dangerous to stay there. Like there is time Mm -hmm. for roots. There is time for all of that. And that's, you know, that's the gist of what reconstruction or restoration is, right? Yeah. But I think that like even those words in and of themselves can become divisive. It's like, oh, you're deconstructing right now. Like you're in this place, this dark place. You need to put down roots and reconstruct, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like that death and birth thing. Yeah. And in reality, I think it's kind of the beauty of die to yourself daily. Mm -hmm. It's a perpetual state of deconstructing and reconstructing. It's a perpetual state. It's kind of like house maintenance, right? Yeah. You don't, if you don't paint your shutters, sooner or later the paint's going to wear off and they're going to start rotting. Mm -hmm. There's always wearing down. And the same thing spiritually. And part of that is you can't deconstruct everything all at once. It's a daily, gradual process. You can have a whole bunch of questions, but you can only really tackle one thing at a time. And I feel like you should always be asking questions. You should never not be asking questions. But there does come a time where you have an answer that works for you currently, and it's okay if later on it doesn't work for you anymore. But you go with what feels good in the moment, what feels good to you, what feels like God's love or what feels pure, what feels wholesome to what you. What brings whatever produces for the spirit in you. Yeah. And then you can go on to the next topic, the next question, and then kind of figuring out well, why doesn't this resonate with you? Why isn't this working for you? What experiences are you going through? And really evaluating yourself, being aware of the situation, being aware of the people involved and how it got to that place and figuring out, okay, well, my foundation is rocky, but why? Why is my foundation rocky? And just really getting to the root of the problem. Or at least the root of the thought behind it. You know, yeah. not, maybe not necessarily, it may not even be a problem as much as it's just a curiosity or it could be a, um, I guess the word problem is like a trigger word. But, like, a lot of times problem looks more like, I guess, less... Rebel, obstacle. Right, less like a um, something wrong with you and more like something wrong with the foundation itself. Yeah. In some instances, it's not necessarily the problem at hand, but how we view it. Like you said, it may not be a problem. Our mindset may be looking at it as problematic. Where we are spiritually or where we are even politically going outside of the spiritual realm of things, understanding like maybe the way we're approaching this isn't working. Something you were saying 
is how we are to be in unity. The body of Christ is to be in unity, right? Mm -hmm. Christianity as a whole, or if you aspire to be like Christ, you aspire to unity. But unity of mind and unity unity of spirit are two different things. Yeah. Or specifically what you were saying is... It's not always about being like-minded, but more of like-hearted. Right. I think that's a beautiful place, and I feel like that's the epitome of what it means to find a solution. Mm-hmm. The beauty because in that. if we can respect where each other is at, and I know a lot of times people in this realm, in our realm, that, you know, deconstruction, reconstruction, questions, mm-hmm. doubts, all that, I feel like a lot of times feel like they don't give that mutual respect, and that's a big problem. Well, and sometimes there's not a mutual respect because we don't respect where we are ourselves. Uh-huh. That's true. Like, we need to find beauty in where we are at to help us find the beauty in where other people are at, even if it doesn't look like where we're at. Right. That's good. That's well put. You're the trailblazer. Yeah. And I mean, if you look back throughout Christian history, you know, all of the people that radically changed Christianity or forwarded the progress of the gospel were labeled as Fringe Christians. Yeah. Heretics. Doubters. Well, and even in some way, that was Jesus. Well, that, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, he was fringe. Look at Paul. He killed people because they were going against the religious system. And God's like, or Jesus is like, yep, that one. Even the whole notion behind doubting Thomas, having the questions, having the doubts. God's like, hey, going to well, use you for that. Yeah, and even then, like, he wasn't like, I rebuke you for doubting. It's like, here, come. Like, oh here's God. your proof. Here's what you need. That scripture where it says... Like, mercy to those who doubt. It's hard because when you start looking at solutions, it's like, well, what do we do? And really, the whole bulk of it is the responsibility falls back on us. Yeah. And that's like a sucky thing to think about, just being blunt. Mm-hmm. But it's also a beautiful thing because we are the trailblazers, the bushwhackers, the nomads. Yeah. And, you know, I love the, the parallel of, like, Jesus went to the desert. Yeah. You know, he had to go. He had to get alone. Mm-hmm. And he had to hash some things out. With Satan or this satanic mindset, even. You know, if you look at Satan as a mindset, like many ancient texts do, and you turn away from this, like, specific, like, just, I don't know, just to humor me, you know, for a second. If Jesus went to the desert, and if Satan is a mindset, which is, if you read the book of Enoch, which I understand, like, it's not canonized text, but, like, it had major influence. I just did an episode about it. And, like, it had major influence on Jesus' teaching. Like, it was actively used in that time as you know, like scriptural references and everything. Like it was used as a parallel and it says Satan's, not Satan. So the word literally translates to, you know, like vicious or malicious thought. And his, if, if you're going with that, his thought life was against him. Right. Like literally Jesus knowing that he is God but was also, up on this mountain. Yeah. And say in Satan, the satanic, this negative mindset, the human or maybe even the God mind. Let's be honest. Like, yeah. who's to say God isn't tempted? Yeah. Who's to say, like, don't eat that, Doppler. Who's to say, re- literally, dog reaches out and tries to eat a random tree limb or a bush. Uh, who's to say that, like, God himself, as Jesus, isn't, like, having these bad thoughts because he's fully God and fully man mm-hmm. to experience him himself, to put himself where we, heart, we were, right? And in his mind, that little voice that we all know so well, Using the Bible against it. Right, he's literally using all his training. Isn't that deconstruction? Yeah. 
Isn't so Jesus deconstructed? I mean, he's literally like he was trained as a rabbi, right? Yeah. He didn't start his ministry till after he was baptized as a Jew. Yeah. He didn't start his ministry ministry until after the desert, until after that place. And he had to go out there and face that mindset and go, you know what? I could stand up here and throw myself off here and God would catch me. Mm-hmm. I can rule over this world if I choose. So I'm God in the flesh. I have the ability to rule over anything right now if I just so choose. The scripture itself was used back against him in his mind, echoing. Which parallels to Adam and Eve. Sure. They were already with God. They were already like God. They were already communing and walking with God. They didn't know any differently that if Satan, if the snake is a mindset, then it was their own mindset attacking them saying, well, that's not really what God said, or you aren't actually with God. And, and their own mindset was against them. Right. Their negative thought life started to take over even some beautiful parallels though too of like they were not to eat of that fruit and like jesus himself was like in a fast like mm-hmm. that kind of parallels a little bit i mean there's a lot of beautiful parallels there you can kind of get into but i just think like taking a second to sit on that like jesus facing this internal dialogue this internal mindset this negative Faced himself right literally it was jesus pit against himself going it was god against god in essence you know he had to know in that moment like what was truth. He had to decipher for the scriptures because even the scripture were being used against him. And he had to take that, that law that he was trained in, right? Like he was trained in law and in that mindset, in that moment, he had to go from spiritual milk to spiritual meat or love. And he chose love. And then he was able to come out of that. And that's whenever he started his ministry. That's whenever all these things, he went and found the disciples of, you know, the societal worst among them. And took them in like, or I guess I should, maybe not the worst, but the ones looked down on often. And began all of this and said, you know what? I deconstructed what I once knew. Mm-hmm. And rebirthed this. Wow, Jesus deconstructed. Listen to that. And I think that's right there. Like when you, ever, you just kind of get that belief in your heart and like realize that, it shows you how much beauty there is and healing. And that like helps you change that mindset of like, for one, it helps change the mindset about yourself. Mm-hmm. to say like you're going through the same thing jesus himself went through yeah that's why he says die to himself day you know die to yourself daily mm-hmm. that's like the whole beauty in the process and i think that is a good foundational building block or at least maybe a little flame to bring with you on the journey because mm-hmm. <laughs> foundations are kind of a rough topic but well and the bible says like test the spirit sure like test god ask god questions Walk with him, say, is this in love? Is this in purity? Is this in wholesome? You know, is this in goodness? And all of those things. The Bible literally says, like, ask and ye shall find. Like, Seek. Yeah. Ask, seek, seek, seek ask, ask, knock. And sometimes I think we find the answer, but we choose not to look at it because it may not look like what we expected. Or we don't like the answer. Yeah. Oh, and that goes to both ends of the coin, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we take that, what we just talked about, and, like, how do we start here in 2020 is, like, we're moving forward. I mean, like, what do we, what does it look like to start focusing more on the answers? Because, I mean, I know the initial thing is, like, oh, we're going to not just talk bad. We're going to actually focus on, like, how to change your mindset and everything. But I know giving place, I know we've been doing that to some extent, but what does that look like going forward? Like, what are some key changes that we can make to advance that even further? Mm-hmm. 
for me, like the easy slash hard thing is just, oh, just walk in love or just, oh, walk in understanding and without judgment, without criticism. That's something like I'm bad about. Like I'm, I'm good at arguing mm-hmm. or debating or whatever you want to call it. And I can be very persuasive. Mm-hmm. And I know that about myself. Like, I'll be honest and like, I know I can, you know, get my point across well. But giving room, like we were saying earlier, mm-hmm. like when I'm having conversations online with people, give them room to mm-hmm. grow, to, but just giving people room to express themselves. Well, and that goes back to tools like the Enneagram or the love languages of getting to people's level and accepting them where they are at. Well, which is and, what Christ did in essence, right? Uh, like accepting them where they're at, loving them where they're at, listening to them where they're at, and being able to commune with them. You know, some people's love language is physical, or some people's love language is affirmation, affirming people in that. And so I think using that in our conversations of saying, hey, I affirm this, or hey, I accept you in this, thank you for sharing this, and bringing out the positive aspects instead of saying oh you're wrong in this and let me tell you why of hey i may disagree with this but thank you for being brave in that thank you for sharing your heart thank you for allowing me to have this conversation with you and it being less about oh other people are the enemy right and some people are going to take offense to that still but ultimately if you can word it like even the most like fundamental even the most like polar opposite to be able to look at them and say you know what Like, I do not agree necessarily. And I think there's beauty in that, too. Like, being honest. And this is something that's been on my heart today specifically. But being honest, not because you feel you're right. Well, what you told me, you're honest, not because you don't care, but because you do. Right. Like, being honest, not because you don't care about how people feel about the situation. And don't care if what you say hurts them, because you genuinely do. And they deserve your honesty, even if that's... Not what they want to hear. Even if that, I was going to say, even if that cuts a relationship, at least you can say, hey, I was honest in this, in love. In love. And that's a key thing, too, is like, that's how you know the difference is. I didn't tear somebody apart. Right. And you can respect them even if what they feel is different. Mm -hmm. Even if what they view is different. Even if how they believe is a bit different, you know. And whenever you can do that, it opens up room i think that's the biggest thing it just it opens up room for people to have conversation to be able to have it kind of brings oxygen back into the atmosphere you know Mm -hmm. it makes it less of a hostile situation it gives people room to breathe and be comfortable for sure and like you said even if it ends up killing off a relationship even if it ends up hurting this relationship or not even hurting but like to the point of like the two of you cannot fellowship together or commune together Mm -hmm. That goes back to the thing where you're saying is like, you can still be one in spirit and not be one in mind. Yeah, you can be authentic and honest and transparent and vulnerable. And genuinely care about each other. Yeah. Even though you just cannot see eye to eye. It only matters in part of what our physical connectedness looks like. It matters more of what our spiritual connectedness looks like. Finding the gem in it, finding the beauty. Past that hatred, there's somewhere down there, there is a hope. There's truth. And a lot of people, I mean, I know a lot of people use the gospel as a weapon because they want to be right. And the, and the root of it is 
they want to preach it. Some want to be right or to be better. But, but because they want to be validated. Right. It and all even, comes back to that. But at the core of even that, the gospel itself is love. Even if it's they want you to feel that love or on the flip side, they themselves want to feel that love, which is in itself validation, right? Because love validates. Mm-hmm. Love embraces you know, love is patient, kind, gentle, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not easily angered, keeps no records of wrongs, always trusts, always hopes, always protects, always perseveres. Love never fails, right? So I think I got all those right. I don't know. Yeah. If love is all of those things, that's all positive traits, right? Mm-hmm. So even if someone is preaching, even the street preacher yelling at people they're going to hell, ultimately are preaching you know, even if the root of it's like, oh, I'm not preaching at you because I actually want you to not go to hell. It's because I want to show that I have like some kind of spiritual advantage on you or I'm better or than you. because they don't want to go to hell. Right. Well, and they need that validation because they haven't felt that love's embrace. And that's still what they're searching for, too. We're all searching for that. Every one of us, you know. And those of us who have been through this process, whether whatever stage of it we're in, which... Like I said earlier, it's cyclical, right? It's perpetual. So once you're in that cycle, you never really get out. Mm-hmm. But no matter what your structure you live in is looking like, whatever, if you're in the maintenance phase, the remodel, whatever it is, bulldozing it down to start fresh, it comes to our responsibility because we're the ones that see that. And I'm not trying to say like, oh, we're the enlightened ones or anything. I don't, I don't think it's that. But we all can be enlightened in that. Right. Well, and I think it's just like, when you feel the loving embrace where it no longer matters about what you've done, what you do, all that matters is living like Christ and spreading that love. It becomes your responsibility. It's kind of like when Paul says, you know, where there is ignorance of sin, sin is not counted, or where there's ignorance of the law, the law is not counted. Mm-hmm. Well, we're no longer ignorant to that. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes our responsibility, even if that means, I mean, just like those who've been and I don't want to use this comparison lightly, but those who have been martyred, stoned for their beliefs, cast out for their beliefs, the troublemakers, you know, they're the ones who ultimately made the change and made the difference. And going back to the, it's not an us versus them, there's only us. So that's not that, oh, we're, I am more enlightened or I am more woke or whatever, whatever word you put in place for that. It's we all can be, we all can walk in love as an us, collectively. Everyone, thanks for joining us this week. I hope you enjoyed this different episode. Let us know what you think about it. Hopefully the audio quality was pretty decent. I know it was a little crunchier than normal, but I honestly and sincerely just love having this conversation. And also let us know if you want us to do more of these types of episodes too. I feel like this is one of our more favorite episodes to do. So if you want to hear more of off the grid nomadic episodes, please let us know. Yes, in the truest sense. Of course, the best way to do that is to reach out us in nomads. Once again, we would love to have your part details are in the show notes below. We love you guys, and as always, be brave, be bold, and be reckless. We'll We'll talk talk soon. soon.